Attention, everyone. This is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Please do not turn off your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go. So that you can make the sound we broadcast as Welcome to episode 276 of the Kaiju Cast, a podcast 100% dedicated to Godzilla and all of his spooky foes. My name is Kyle, and this is the last episode of October 2019. And we're not talking about Godzilla in this episode, we are talking about yokai. Because every once in a while, we do a yokai episode. Like we're doing tonight. Hooray! Joining me here in the studio, we have Gretchen Brooks. Hi. And Dave Elfrey. Hello. And we're going to be talking about yokai for this particular episode. Uh, Usually we do these right around now, right around the Halloween time. But I wanted to do it earlier this year. Gretchen, you know why that is, right? Because normally yokai season is in the summer. That's right. Yokai are for spooky summer times. Truly. We like to think of the spooky stuff as happening in... October, but that's just not how it is over in Tokyo and the other areas of Japan. It's uh, it's all about the summertime there. So if you go to Kyoto in the summer, you can actually ride a yokai train where there's like a train Hello. and people dress up like yokai and it looks super awesome. Wow. Yokai stories were, I guess, a way for people to like cool down indoors, you know, without doing something. So they had all these like yokai story games that took place at night and stuff like that. But before we go on to any tangents like that, Kyle, why don't we talk about <laughs> what an actual, what is a yokai? What does yokai mean? Why are we talking about yokai? I guess the first thing that I would say is that we're talking about yokai because they are tangentially related to kaiju. And if you're a fan I mean, basically, if you're a fan of these tokusatsu films, these special effects pictures from Japan, then 
you should know that the same studios that made yes. the Gamera series and the Daimajine series also made a trilogy of yokai films. And that's what hooked me. Like, that's why I was, like, interested in yokai at first. I was like, I got to see what these crazy looking movies are all about. Exactly. That's how I got in, too. And uh, then, of course, I discovered that there is an entire universe of yokai out there. And, like, it's insane. It's too much. It's too much. So My brain uh, is full. When did you, did you first hear of yokai, Dave, when you heard did of I that movie? movie? Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I remember seeing photos of Daimon, mm-hmm. the, the, the villain from which movie? The second movie, the technically sec- speaking, Yokai yeah. Daisenso, a.k.a. Right. Yokai Warfare. Right. Daimon is a Babylonian vampire. Yes. 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 And I remember seeing photos of him in one of these like horror movie encyclopedia books that you would just oh, okay. you know, yeah, pick yeah, up yeah. at back when Pickwick was around and you bought books physically and things like that. And I remember seeing this and thinking, what the F is that? It's pretty and crazy. Looking. It took me a number of years. I mean, like I was young. I was probably mm-hmm. in sixth grade or something when I saw this. And oh, wow. Yeah. And um th- and it took me a while to track it down, you know, to figure out what it was. And then when I saw it, I was like, oh, wow, look at all this stuff. Yeah. You know? And ironically, Diamond's not even technically a yokai. Yeah, he's uh he's a Western influence, yeah. I guess you could say. Yeah. I actually so. was just watching a TV show that we know very well, Gegege no Kitaro. Mm-hmm. And they are, uh, so this is Gegege no Kitaro, for the listeners who are unfamiliar with it, is a 1960s based cartoon about a kid who is a yokai and basically is sort of like a yokai kind of superhero. But yokai are prevalent throughout the entire stories. Anyway, they have a, a series of tales from the original series of stories that Mizuki did. Oh, neat. The guy who made it, Shigeru Mizuki. And it's called the Great Yokai War, and they're fighting Western yokai. Really? Yeah. I want to yeah. see it. So, you know, just recently I started watching the 2018 Kitaro series that started last year. And, uh, guys, a ton of episodes, like 75 episodes. And definitely in this series, fairly early on, I'd say, they actually start down that path of the Yokai War episode arc. So there's like, a really insane version of a werewolf and a Frankenstein and, and a witch Blackbeard. and Blackbeard, but Blackbeard's Blackbeard. weird. It's like not even a real American ghost. It's strange. It's strange. It's hard to describe. Well, was he glowing green? Because I'm the yeah. Scooby Doo pirate. No, ghost. not really. Well, no, no, no. no. Yeah. Imagine a a ball, a black ball that has tendrils coming out of it, and then in the middle of the black, like jet black ball, it's an eyeball. That's cool. That's what Blackbeard is. Anyway. Right. That's like right. totally okay. total tangent stuff. Totally. Fun. I've never seen an episode of that all the way through. Mm. I had not seen it until recently. It. It's yeah. pretty awesome. It's star- I mean, the very first one started in the 60s and they're black yeah. and white. I've heard of it. I love the song. Big fan of the song. Uh, he memorized it, it for my birthday. I did. I did. Aww. Actually, in For Gresham's birthday, we watched the Great Yokai War. We watched... Spook mm. war- Warfare. Maybe. Oh, yeah. I forgot it's called. The Great but, Yokai but War basically, is Basically, Yokai Daisenso yeah. means the Great Yokai War. Yeah, and just so got the that original 1960s. Takashi yeah. Bike thing in my head. Right. It's all about nomenclature. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we watched that one for Gretchen's birthday, actually, with a whole bunch of other yokai things, too. Yeah. There's so cool. much out there. 
you guys. Speaking of the Takashi Maike one, that Dae didn't produce that, did they? Well, Dae did, but it wasn't Dae at the time because Dae went bankrupt in the uh, 80s and through the 90s were trying to get back right. on their feet and they were finally purchased by Katakawa Publishing okay. in the early 2000s. And so anything that came out from that company would have just been branded Katakawa. Gotcha. So Gretchen, when did you first become aware of yokai? So my gateway drug was Yure, right? So ghosts. Um, when I went to Japan, I saw like, you know, ghosts, like haunted houses. Okay. And like cultural events that were like, I was like, what is happening? So I found out that it was this thing called Obaki Yashiki. And then it kind of was, there was little um, increments inside the houses like these, because they're all kind of set up in vignettes. And one of the vignettes was like Kappa's. Okay. And I, that's kind of how I kind of first like stumbled into Interesting. it. Interesting. So wait, so this is when you were in Japan way back in the day? Yeah, yeah. Interesting. So yeah. you, so you just should have twisted that story. So you saw a, a Yure. You saw your own <laughs> yokai when you were living in Japan. <laughs> I'm not going to go back and edit that because that would just be rude. But the, <laughs> the, uh, the, I love that you actually discovered them when you were living in Japan. Yeah. Not, not that you actually saw a Yure. Or did you? I did not. Bum, bum, okay. bum. <laughs> so uh, um, what about the others, though? Like outside of a Yure? Because they seem to feel like Yure are very specific. akin to Japanese horror movies, too. So if you were watching Japanese horror movies at the time, it's sort of like you see Yure in those films less so than you would see a yokai or other yokai right so like like it was like i said it was kind of a gateway drug as far as seeing this vignette with um kappa and then i did some research and i mean honestly at the time i didn't have a like i didn't really know i i was young i Mm -hmm. mean young young and didn't know anybody to like explain this to me i had you didn't have a yokai mentor no Did those I did exist? kind of figure yeah. out later. Yeah, yeah. And I saw the Gigige no Kitaro stuff, and it didn't really like draw the line. I thought they were ghosts. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, like that's what I saw mostly was like was ghost stuff, and I was yeah. like, oh, okay, those are. Oh, and that's part of. Oh, and then when I started seeing more statuary and whatnot, and then um, I saw Pompoko, and I was like, uh, Pompoko. Oh. What's Pompoko? What's Pompoko? Pompoko is a Ghibli film, a Studio Ghibli film. Yeah. Actually, I said it said Ghibli to begin really? with. Really? Yeah. It's, it's not a, Miyazaki, not Hayao Miyazaki. But, but it's, it's a yokai movie? Yeah. It's Ooh. Tanuki. Are you familiar with Tanuki? I'm not. Tanuki are Japanese raccoon dogs. They're a real... Oh, oh that thing. Real yeah, beings. Yeah, it's got real the animals. Yeah, and the the folklore version of tanuki say that they are transforming mischief causing and they have these magical testicles scrotum yeah do they yeah yeah like the there's a like a proverb about how far a tanuki skin will stretch yeah is it has to do with because apparently they would use tanuki like use their scrotums for gold like holding like as gold. a purse yeah yeah and they stretch they're really like Buoyant, stretchy. I'd imagine. And yeah, so they're like good luck. They're like money charms now. Well, right. but but the folklore around the Tanuki is that they uh, they're tricksters, basically, yes. like foxes. They're like kitsune, you know. but yeah. like a little bit more kitsune or foxes. Don't just use the Japanese. Sorry, word. I'm sorry, everybody. 
Because people people don't speak Japanese. <laughs> Listen to the podcast. I'm sorry, everybody. Yeah, I'm just I, this will happen going, a lot. Uh huh. I know what you mean. I'll throw uh-huh. some terms out there. Yeah. Yeah. Kyle will help me. Yeah. I'm always looking. I should have said what a bakiyashiki is. Then huh? I was going to ask you. Does that mean haunted house? Yes. Okay. okay. <laughs> sorry. Oh, bakiyashiki. Uh, I think. Well, all this stuff is interesting from just an outside perspective, right? Yeah. Like someone who grew up. Not in Japan, seeing right. this stuff through the glass of oh, heck of yeah. TVs, like seeing the movie, or like okay, so for me, it was absolutely the Dae films. I saw them in a book or something much later in life. It wasn't yeah. as, as a kid or anything. And then they finally got released by ADV Films. Actually, before they did that, though, my buddy Clay hooked me up with movies unsubtitled. Oh dear! So I was like, oh, I don't know what's going on here, but I'm really liking it. <laughs> And then uh, ADV released them subtitled, which was the first time I ever got to really understand what was going on in the films. And uh, what I will say is that those three movies serve basically as revenge films, revenge concept films, kind of like the Daimajin films. Oh, sure. Someone is wronged and it's up to the yokai to fix the problem. Fix that. Basically speaking, I mean, that kind of happens in the Great Yokai War. Anyway, I saw these movies... And then I decided I need to learn more about this stuff. And that's what set me off on the path. I'm a little bit of a yokai hipster because they, um, not that I would actually call myself that really, but I totally was into yokai before they were cool. (laughs) And they really are cool now. Did you know, you know why they're so popular? You're not, it's not that damn yokai watch. It is that damn yokai watch. Oh my God. That's the thing. Like that, that's how my kid. Is being introduced to yokai, mm-hmm. you know, oh, yeah. not like the cool die movies. Everything is like this goofy Pokemon knockoff. Yeah, uh, uh, I wish they would use their ter- their names. You talking about in the yokai watch show? Uh huh. Okay, because I've watched a few episodes because I was like, I really got to see what this is about. I've never seen any of it because, except for the first five minutes. Yeah. And after the first five minutes, I turned it <laughs> off. It's the voices are really annoying. Really annoying. I would imagine. Really. Yeah. But I, I was hoping they were going to use like. Like actual yokai names, Probably and not. no, not that I understand. From my understanding of it, like the cats have different names, mm. and they hint at their original names. But I, I, uh, I'm, I, I can't. If you watch Yokai Wars, please, and not Yokai Wars, Yokai Watch, please let us know. I do think I don't. I do think it's interesting <laughs> how many Pokemon are. Styled after they really are Yo- yokai. quite a lot of Pokemon bunch are styled of after yokai. Absolutely, yeah. the yokai influence is right really apparent when oh, you start extremely. looking at them. Like I had They're no idea. Pocket monsters. Yeah, but I didn't like. I had no idea what any of the. Uh, I but mean, like out I, of mythology, I am completely out of my depth when talking about Pokemon. I'm not mm-hmm. into Pokemon, but I started playing that Pokemon Go game. Yeah, and all, I was like, we're all playing. Whoa, it, these are friends. cool. <laughs> yeah, but I mean in. All honesty, like I just hadn't seen 90% of those Pokemon before that show up in the game. Right. And so many of them very, very much look like they could be yokai adjacent. They are. They they are. And it's it was interesting. It's like we were like before we started the, the recording here, we were talking about the Nukikubi, which is the uh, the the uh, the yokai of the floating around head vampire. Uh, the the woman falls asleep and her head detaches from her body and it flies around and drinks people's blood. And that sounds horrible. And uh, and then, uh, like, I was just doing a little bit of uh, tangential research and there's a there's a Pokemon 
that I think is really annoying and pointless uh, called Mistrefus. And he's like, it's like, it's a ghost Pokemon. And like it was, October was just over. So they're just, they were everywhere last month. <laughs> okay. Because I play that game like a crazy person. And, um, and it turns out that this, this, this goofy ghost Pokemon that I did not like at all is styled after this floating d- disembodied head. No way. Cool. And That's now awesome. I'm like, and now I like it. Because, because now it's super ghoulish. He's my favorite Pokemon. You know, before it was just like a weird, cute little guy, and it's like, oh, you're you're disembodied head. Now you're cool. <laughs> like you. What was that called again? Uh, Mistrevus. Yeah, uh, M I S D R E A V U S or something like that. Gotcha. But there's a bunch of them. It's like you know, there's there's the uh, oh that one, yeah. Uh, like this uh, one, Lady Kyle identifies with for some reason. But I mean, there's there's like at least a dozen. You could like we could name easily off the top of our heads that are just straight out of mythology, which I think honestly I think validates them a little bit. Like the one that looks like a little girl looks like a Zashti Warashi. A what? What now? Zasti Warashi. Is that? It's like the little girl. Is that in the book? I don't know if it's in the book. Look Consult the book. the book. Consulting the oracle. What is the oracle? Oh, uh, the all yokai the, attack book. <laughs> the yokai attack Japanese monster survival guide by Hiroyoko Yoda and Matt Alt. Don't leave That's home without wife. it. Uh, so what was it called again? The Zero? Zashti, Zashti Warashi, I think is what it's called. I think she's making this stuff up, man. I think she's messing with us. You mean on page 30? Is it Zashti? <laughs> Zashiki Warashi. Zashiki. I think it might be Zashiki. Zashiki Warashi. But I'm not sure because I'm not Japanese. But what um, is it? It's a child, um, like a yokai child. There are a lot of yokai childs. Children. They're not actually babies. Well, they're not ghosts, <laughs> yokai ba- yokai and they're not monsters. Yokai they're like baby they're these entities that um, haunt houses, essentially, and some of them can bring fortune or misfortune depending on how you treat your zashi warashi. There were there were three or four in. There's that video on uh, YouTube, which uh, your listeners could clue in on. Oh, which, we will are, definitely link to. You're going to link to that notes, one, yeah. yeah. But there was like there's a bunch of like creepy kid yokai zashiki warashi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, stepping back to Palm Poco, the uh, movie about Tanuki we were talking about. Okay. Mm. Since we got sidetracked, which we will do a jillion times in this episode. Totally. You get that feeling, huh? One of the things that Tanuki do in Palm Poco is they trick the humans by pretending to be other yokai, which is what happened in another movie that we watched recently that I will talk about later. But in Palm Poco, there's one particular scene where these construction guys are staying in their sort of like construction housing that they have. And as they walk in this little, these two little kids are like, just like they are all of a sudden. And they're like, Oh, uh, you kids lost. What are you doing here? And then they start uh, using these powers and the kid they're there to, they're basically Tanuki transformed into, I think the Zashiki Warishi. Warashi, oh. and they are scaring the guys. I gotta see this movie. This sounds it's cool. pretty. It's, it sounds I'm gonna cool. warn you, it's not for everybody. I like the Ghibli. I absolutely love it. It's oh. one of my favorite uh, Ghibli films. Cool. But it's also because <laughs> it's yokai related. Oh, for sure. Yeah, uh, and it's a it's a whole like nature versus man kind of Ooh. kind of battle, you know, because the Tanuki are getting pushed out of their homes and so forth. Oh, well, that's, anyway, yeah, uh, that's yeah not all right. So. 
But when I started looking into yokai after I'd seen the movies and I need to needed to see more. And when I say the movies, I'm just talking about the three films, the three Dai films. Yeah. When I was living in Japan as a kid, the Gege, the Gegege no Kitaro stuff that I had seen never identified itself to me as something spooky and cool. But I was as, I was there as a 13 year old, too. I probably was not interested in ghosts and goblins at that time like I am today. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, once I started diving in as an adult to the research, there really was barely anything available. You could not go by the kajillion books that are out there right now on yokai. There were like three. You could buy Lafcado Hearns in ghostly Japan. There's and the other two I have I, over there. <laughs> I didn't in the nineties. Like I didn't really know what I dipped my toe into. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, I have was looking at this from a, you know, American perspective. And so mm-hmm. I was like, this is weird ghost stuff. And then I didn't really understand like the cultural significance behind it. So I would I wouldn't even consider myself like remotely knowledgeable until like the early two thousands until I started to get like yeah actually interested in it. Yeah, and I still wouldn't even call myself remotely no, knowledgeable on this. Me either. So it's much. so deep. Yeah. Just I gotta so have much. Matt Alt back on. Right. Yeah, that would be fun. Because I actually interviewed him when I went to Japan in two thousand eleven. He's got really he's incredibly knowledgeable. Incredibly knowledgeable. Incredibly knowledgeable. I actually did not know him from his yokai stuff. He uh what is the name of that? NHK he, no, Japan Plus? No, actually, this is even before that. Oh, I mean, really? I think he still lived here in the States. He was on the collection DX boards. and uh, Oh, how funny, because it's robot stuff. Yeah, for all the robot stuff. And so oh. that's how I knew about Matt Alt. And after, He's like a big robot collector. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Collection DX is all about, like, the super robot figures and, right. uh, you know, Chogokin and all that die-cast stuff. But basically, Matt Alt, you know, wrote this book. And I was like, hey, dude, I'm going to be in Japan. You want to do an, ep- you know, want to do an interview? And we met each other in Kichijoji oh, fun. and went to a park and just recorded the interview on a park bench. It was pretty awesome. <laughs> and that was back Kichijoji in 2011. Great, right on. So long ago. He definitely needs to come back at some point because he's been busy. Well, he's yeah, been doing a lot of stuff. He's done another book. And, and also, like you said, he's been doing stuff with NHK. Yeah. And I've specifically seen at least one or two specials that he was involved in. And he does even more, just not the yokai stuff, too. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he's involved with NHK quite a bit. So, yeah. Uh, this guy knows his stuff. There was another podcast <laughs> that had him on there about their yokai episode. Really? Really? Yeah, Astonishing Legends. Well, that's cool. It's yeah. nice when people, you know, follow the lead of what the kaiju cast has done. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> Uh, yes that is what happened <laughs> oh i mean technically i yeah, sure did they did their episode come out before 2011 yeah i mean no no it just came out then skablank then, wow boom yokai are a phenomenon that's just trying to take hold or just starting to take hold here in america i don't know what yokai watch is going to translate to when kids who love the show grow up like 25 years from now like what kind of awesome rabbit holes they'll go down you know, if they're just like thinking to themselves, man, I used to love that yokai watch show. What's the character that eats cucumbers all about? Oh, you say he's a kappa internet, uh, if the internet is still around in 25 years. And your favorite delicacy is cucumbers or what's a Shiro Kodama? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm hope I, I really hope I'm around in 25 years to see 
what that nostalgia kicks in for adults who have spending money too. That should be a good time for yokai. I think 25 years from now, the nostalgia <laughs> from this boom of yokai watch is going to really present us with some good, Dude, crazy yokai stuff. That makes sense because look at Digimon. Yeah, and Pokemon, Pokemon and like all of that stuff that's well, like Pokemon really big right now. Pokemon never went away, but like Digimon yeah. did. Pokemon never went away, but like Pokemon, I feel like was a certain thing for a long time. Totally. It was a Nintendo property. And then all of a sudden, like now you've got people who are like adults with lots of spending money. And they're like, you know what? I'm going to pay $500 for that Pokemon statue. Just like yeah, the Godzillas that are next to you. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. I'm saying those kinds of people are going to age and get to the point where they're making so much money that they can just be like, oh, yeah, let's put some money into a full-blown yokai war movie. That's what I want in 25 years. Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> so one thing that should be or... noted, I think we've noted it in past yokai episodes, is that Japan doesn't have the same kind of standards and practices that uh, American creative or yeah western like, in yeah general. western yeah, yeah western creative uh, outlets have so there are some things that you would see in yokai mythology that you would not see in american monsters oh 100 so there's like a guy like specifically in pompoko this one particular shot there's like a yokai whose butt comes out of a trash yeah. can and it's got an eye in the middle of its anus so we are going to be talking about stuff like that. There's a <laughs> okay. that makes you uncomfortable. Quite it's on about weird. that. Like uh, yeah. the idea is that there is a samurai walking on a lonely road. What's a quite on? It's a scary story. Thank you. Um, samurai's walking on a, <laughs> a samurai is. Uh, no, it's kidding. So samurai's walking on a lonely road, and a man passes by and shows him his eye. <laughs> oh. Usually. You usually have to pay good money for that. But what you were talking about earlier is one of the things that has always struck me and that fascinated me about yokai is how different it is from from what most Western mythology. Oh, yeah. Like you yeah, can yeah. kind of like Western mythology, you can sort of uh, reverse engineer. It's like wolves are scary. Hey, here's a wolf that turns into a man. We're going to call him a werewolf. Great. Bats are scary. Hey, what if a guy turned into a bat and sucked your blood? We're going to call him a vampire. That makes total sense. You, you, you get, you get this. Then you go over to Japan and they're like, Hey, you know what's weird? Umbrellas. Um, old <laughs> umbrellas. Like, Wait, what? But see, that's the twist, right? And in, in a very specific way, just almost, almost exactly like how you're saying yeah. the identification and transformation of point a to point b is less like oh it's a man and this so we're going to make it yeah. scary and well, it's more or, like or that there's even terror involved necessarily it's just sure. it's just giving these uh like uh well, what's what's the word um personification well not personification but the, there was there was a word for uh the spirits of inanimate animism. objects animism animism yeah um the japanese believe in animism very much obviously very much so you know, you've got washcloth yokai. You've got umbrella. What's the umbrella well, yokai called? Katakasa. 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 He's right there. Look out. I know. <laughs> He's super creepy. He's right behind you. <laughs> well, the idea is to take care of your things. Like it's based on a- Take care of your things or your things are going to take care of you. It's Pretty cautionary bum, bum, tales. Bum. Yeah. It's cautionary tales. You know, I think in one of our previous episodes, I said something along the lines of like, I don't think Japanese really believe in yokai. They're just like folklore. And I- in recent years, I've been corrected to think that Japanese all actually believe in yokai. 
because of the animism. Like, it's actually part of their belief system because everything sure. is live. So it's it's less like, I don't believe in Chochin Obake. It's more like you would either not believe in animism or you would believe that everything is alive, you know? Right. That's and sort I, of the, the recent discovery. And I think like my, part of my confusion when I was younger is that I would see the American translations of the the Dae movie titles and it would be like spook warfare or right. 100 ghosts or something like that. So I'm like, oh, yokai means ghosts. Ghosts are scary. So yokai are scary. And that doesn't track at all, either in the necessarily scary part or the necessarily ghost part. I mean, no, you know, not at all. It yeah. is. It's pretty obvious that yokai is a catch all term that we don't have an exact English translation for. I would definitely agree with that. Yeah, for sure. It's all yeah. over the place because, like, you know, we don't have haunted umbrella creatures. No, but uh, that's because we don't have the consequence of not cleaning your things here is is not that they're going to come back to life. Away, yeah, you know. that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. They're more of a disposable society. <laughs> disposable so- We're definitely a disposable society right now. But yeah. even back in the day, like, it's just, that's not the, that's what yokai, these yokai that we're talking about, yeah. that's how they were built, right? By it's parents, like, you know, Certain family, ones, yeah. passed down over generation and generation, these tales and that's how they evolve. They are folk well, tales. Like, I mean, like, we definitely have those in Western culture. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, no, if you don't, you know, uh, you know, if, if you don't take care of blank or if you're if you're not a good child, if you disobey your if you disobey your children, your your parents, Krampus is going to come get you. For example, that's first thing I thought of, too. You know, yeah. yeah, you know, it's yeah. like if you throw half away your sandwich, Solenia will come for you. You know, there's like yeah. all sorts of, you know. Uh, the Yule cat will get yeah. you if you don't wear new clothes on yeah. Yule. Nobody, nobody just got my Rick and Morty reference? I'm I sorry. don't watch Rick and Morty. Oh, man. <laughs> okay. I want, if any of you listeners got my Rick and Morty reference, I want you Hit to. Hit him up on Twitter. Please tell Facebook. me, please tell me that joke was funny. <laughs> uh, validate him. He needs to know. <laughs> <laughs> point being point being uh, but yeah but that's it but that's a different thing it's not like yeah, if you don't t- if you you know if you don't clean your plate your plate's not going to come to life right you know it's like it's a different kind of thing it's like you, there would be like the boo hag or somebody would like show up and like punish you for you know not most i think most of them were like not obeying your parents i think there are yokai like that too i'll bet there are like like, oh you don't go out in the woods late at night because blah will get you you know whatever that is you know and don't go out sun showers (laughs) because of the fox wedding it's fox wedding um but there are other things too like the kappa right kappa are cautionary tales for getting kids to stay away from lakes sure like uh, what is something like jenny green teeth no, is that the one? That's from Silkies. That's not for or like Silkies or like like I think is yeah. Jenny Greenteeth was the the actual one. Meg Mucklebones was the one that was in the movie Legend. Oh yeah, there was like it's a uh, like thing a in the water that yeah it like looks, it comes oh, out and grabs okay, you gotcha, and like gotcha, and yeah. eats you and drags you down to the bottom like Kappa same thing. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, so there are correlations for sure. Um, but I was going to say that there are also other things. In yokai lore, I brought this up on the podcast before because there you've seen him in the the Takashi Miike movie, yeah. the guy who washes the beans. Oh yeah, you remember that Bean guy? Scrubber. I mean, he's basically the guy that saves the freaking movie. <laughs> yeah, but it's that the the concept of how that yokai was born essentially 
is that somebody would be walking in the woods on the way home at night and they'd hear a sound. And that sound sounds like somebody washing beans. Hmm. It's not scary to you and me, but like, uh, just like the no. sound, like just the concept of like, there's something I don't know. It's really loud. And it's like, yeah. it's I mean, this loud sound and it's something, something, something that's coming. That's like, scary. it's something that I don't know what it is that's scaring me. So I'm going to create something out of it. Or right? the like, feeling of someone being sure. behind you. Well, I mean, like mo- most superstition is born out of what you, you know, trying to find an explanation for the right. unknown. So, yeah, there's no reason that yokai would be different. Well, like, yokai vary things like, for instance, like, the feeling of somebody being behind you is a yokai. The feeling of, like, really? walking into a wall almost is a, is a is a yokai. And actually, isn't there a the yokai that is a wall? Yeah. There is a yokai that's a wall. And a sensation of, like... Nurikabe from Gegege no Kitaro. Oh, the, oh it's, in yeah. the, it's in the your Yokitaro thing? Yeah, and oh, actually, he's also in the Great Yokai War Takashi Miike film. No, that I don't because remember. Because there's actually a... Uh, there's a connection between Kitaro and the... And oh, because Shigeru Mizuki was part of that movie's creative team the like the guys who came up with the all the different yokai and oh, all the wow. different things that they're going to play on in that film so uh yeah there's oh, actually so the, and then so the wall yokai the, isn't like a traditional yokai it's more it's more of a like a made up for entertainment yokai let's see if he's in this book that's interesting yeah because yeah, it's kind know, of like, kind of a slender man kind of thing well i think uh no i wouldn't no? call it a slender man okay. kind of thing just because even well, like, I'm just saying something that came out of something that tr- turned something into urban modern. turned into urban legend from a source that was not mm, legitimate I is, what, is what I'm talking about. I wouldn't know specifically about the wall. I'll bet though. somebody out there knows. <laughs> I bet Matt Alt knows. I'll bet he does. Nurikabe 130. Okay. I guess that means he's Let's legit. Let's turn to page 130. Let's turn to page 130 and right. become enthralled. But yeah, like the uh um we were we were discussing earlier how it appears that maybe uh oh, I've already forgot that Rokurobuki? Did oh, I pronounce that correct? Rokuro yeah, Rokuro. Or Kubi or Bukubuki. Well, it's Rokubi. It's Rokubi. It's Roku Rokubi, but it's like Rokuro is also. I've seen Rokuro and then the dash and then Kubi. Okay, because there's like the Kubi. there's the Rokuro Kubi. I'm gonna just. I think that's right. I think you okay. just said that right. And then there's the Nuke Kubi. Right, and, and I don't know about, about the Nuke that. Kubi. Yeah, and like what we're what we're what we might be finding out is that the 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 Rokuro Kubi is the snake necked woman that is like super famous. Everybody's seen it, seen pictures of it and everything, and the Nuke Kubi. Might be the progenitor of that one, and that's the that's the woman who falls asleep and her head comes off and floats around and drinks people's blood. Now that you've brought that up again, I wanted to talk a little bit about that specifically: the head floating around and attacking people. Yeah. Anybody ever seen Hellboy: Sword of Storms, the animated film? No. Feature, but I know it exists. Well, in this animated, actually, even before that. One of Mike Mignola's Hellboy vignettes that he went on in the comics, he comes across some yokai-like creatures. Oh, and cool. in the Sword of Storms movie, Hellboy gets stuck in sort of like ancient Japan, ancient yokai Japan. Basically. Oh, wow. And Fun. he goes, he kind of goes from point to point to point, from yokai to yokai to yokai. And then at one point he fights a kappa, but the kappa is like totally cool. <laughs> like really way cooler than a Not, real kappa no, would be. No death kappa. No, no death kappa. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
Boy, Death Kappa is not going to come up <laughs> as actually Yokai But the anyway, the the Nuritabe, yeah. we, we we were talking about the wall. He's in the book. Right. Oh, you yeah, know? oh so that's like, a cool. That's a cool illustration. Yeah, you guys should see this. Yeah, do you, I mean, basically, I'll have links in the show notes to as many books as I can find that I have in my collection that I would suggest people check out. That includes Yokai Attack. Here, check it out, man. I will check it out. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, each each of these yokai have their that's own rad. entomology. Basically, where did they come from? Well, they come from a myriad of different ideas. That's why yokai is such a crazy catch-all term. I never really considered it a, a catch-all term. I always considered it like the ghosts and goblins and spooky supernatural things of Japan. And I guess that kind of is what it is. Yeah. It kind of is what yokai are, but it's also not <laughs> what the yokai are. There's just a lot you can dip into. Uh, I would very much like to talk about the continuation of our conversation regarding yokai watch and the fact that it's showing up more now than it used to. Like I said, I was going to mm-hmm. post a bunch of links to a bunch of books that I have because Right now on Amazon, you can buy at least 15 to 20 different yokai books when at one point there were only like three. I'm wondering, do, have you, do you have any yokai books at home? Or are you like, have you yes. done any? Yeah. So like what? <laughs> I think we should look through. Yes, Kyle. I have I, it's more of a segue, but <laughs> instead of an attack. But <laughs> I'm like, didn't you give How me dare one? You? <laughs> I didn't, did I? Uh, maybe not. I gave you, you one. Because you got the Pandemonium. Yeah, one, right? so I have yeah. the Yokai Museum. Did you say Japandemonium? I, I yeah. think I said that, but I don't. I didn't mean it. That's not what it's called? I don't think Cause, so. Because you need <laughs> to trademark that right now. <laughs> I'm pretty sure somebody probably already has. Oh, I think that's the name of the book. Is it Japandemonium? Yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, then I take it all back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Once again, Matt Alt involved with that one, too. So I have that book. I have the Yokai Museum. I have um, those two books on the the Yokai Attack and the Yurei Attack. And then I have 100 Night um, Demon Parade. Mm, look at you. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't think I have that one, actually. The 100 Night I have it on my Demon Parade. Kindle. Oh, that's that's probably where I need it. I need I need to be able to have all that stuff on me all the time so I can access that's kind of what I like I like about using the Kindle though it's like yeah I can easily like type in a word that's like a buzzword and mm-hmm. bring it mm-hmm. up in both books well that's awesome I mean Dave how many yokai books do you have zero okay <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna buy, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have Dan Kyle has more than I'm gonna I'm gonna borrow four or five of yours when I leave here but besides that sure I, I you know actually maybe I'm this maybe is not I'm, a library I might have oh no you know what it is there's been one on my Amazon wish list for like Five years. Mm. That's the one I'm thinking about. Um, no, I don't know any yet. That book that we were talking about literally is called Japan Demonium. So that's Demonium. awesome. So yeah, the illustrated. <laughs> I'm gonna buy that one just Japan for the title. Japan Demonium Illustrated: The verbose. Yokai Encyclopedias of Toriyama Seikin. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. It's very verbose. Okay. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna like do this like a. Book club. Book club We're going to book club style. Oh, right I've never been in a, in a book club before, so I'm just going to make up the rules to our book club. <laughs> we have but, to like read a certain amount. Yeah, we're going to like read a chapter and then basically talk Discuss. about it, I guess. I don't yeah. know. I, at first, I thought, well, that would be a fun idea for an episode. But then I, the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, oh, no, that's you, a, that sounds you, like yeah. a very long like, project. I just be like you and Gretchen. <laughs> Well, yeah, <laughs> if, if it was going to be that, that's what this is not that episode. Yeah. No, 
This is more of that conversation. So uh, why don't we take a little bit of a break since we've been talking for a while. I'll play some killer yokai awesomeness for you guys to hear out there. And then when we come back, we'll continue our discussion about yokai expansion in the West. Professor Sakai? I'm sure I know the sword you want to see, right here. Two demons, sons of the storm. Once they wake, the time of man will be at its end. Beautiful. Damn heads. <clears throat> I don't have time for this. Do you feel our brothers are calling? Now I'm pissed. You have been placed on a dangerous path. Protect the sword. Wow. I'll give you something to chew on. To just like right, to like randomly flip through that book and just kind of like boom and then like just like like see how random some of the kaiju are. Some of the yokai. Yokai. All right, I'm gonna do it right now. Someone okay. tell me when to stop. Okay, just stop. Okay, this is the Koso de Note, the kimono's hands. There is a Chinese verse by a man who, grieving over the death of his favorite courtesan, 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 courtesan. Cortison, anyway, <laughs> requests a monk to conduct a funeral rite over her kimono, whereupon he notices a single biwa lute. That's a uh, instrument. A biwa lute string hidden in its folds. The discovery reminds him all the more of what he has lost, heightening his anguish. Something of a woman's soul remains in the clothing and the accoutrement she wears, and it is said hands have been seen extending from the sleeves of the kimono of women who have passed. So it's basically a ghost kimono. Crazy. Oh. See, look at the, the, there's a, there's there's a yokai for everything. <laughs> yeah. Really Man, is. I yeah. So this uh that was a book we just flipped through and 
I stopped when Dave said stop. That is Japan Demonium Illustrated, the Yokai Encyclopedias of Toriyama Sekian. Yes, yeah, and do that, that during was, the break. Uh, That's an amazing book by Matt Alt and Hiroko Yoda, the uh, husband and wife team we talked about before. Oh, strong work, folks. Yeah, Matthew Meyer did the 100 Demon Night Parades. Ah, uh, okay, and it was a meh. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So what we're talking about right now is we—I just brought all my yokai books over. So I wanted to really quickly just say, and I'll go through this and link to all of them I can. The very first book I ever read about yokai was called *In Ghostly Japan*. It's by, a, and I'm not sure if I'm saying his name right, by a Greek fellow from yesteryear named Lafcado Hearn. And basically, he's one of the first people to ever bring Japanese stuff back to the West and. Also take uh, Western stuff to Japan. Cool. Old school dude. Uh, did a lot of stuff, not just yokai stuff. So that's the first book I ever read. If you ever wanted to read some classic, uh, classic yokai. T- There's tales. So this is an, that book's an anthology. Exactly. Nice. Uh, then the next book I would suggest would be Matt Alt's Yokai Survival Guide. The one we were talking about before. Yokai Attack, the survival guide. That shows. That's really cool. It's very illustrative. Each each yokai has its own cool picture that was drawn for them. Uh, and it shows you how to like ward them off. If exactly. You have to. It's a survival guide. Yeah, totally. Well, like, I don't know if people know this. Like, for instance, has anybody been to the Japanese gardens? Uh, the, the, here, here in Portland? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So most Japanese gardens are like this. They have these um, kind of wacky paths that are like off segmented and re- they, are, they all fit together, but they're very narrow and kind of like angular and they go different directions the reason for that is is because that way evil spirits can't follow you home i did not know that yeah that is awesome that is super awesome (laughs) evil spirits are not bright well they're just like they're gonna be less i guess they're i guess they're less inclined of like well they're gonna be taking all these turns (laughs) Uh, somebody else there's work involved never mind we'll haunt (laughs) the next guy the second book i wanted to talk about is japanese ghosts and demons uh by george brazilier from the Spencer Museum of Art. This is the second yokai book I ever checked out. And this is basically more like a picture book with information in between. So basically they've taken classic hokusai and other artist pieces that show yokai wow. imagery. And then they tell you about them. They tell you about the, the this really was around when nothing else was around for yokai stuff. So it's not, it doesn't even say yokai in the books, but it's Gosh, got information cool. about a whole bunch of different yokai, but it's more about the art that came out, the art that was developed because of Japan's obsession with this folklore. Anyway, I will have links in the show notes to both of those books. I kind of want to talk about these other books, but they're not like historical yokai books. They're just manga. Uh, but the reason I want to talk about them is they are from Gegege no Kitaro, which is this crazy huge phenomenon uh, that goes back to like the 60s, even kind of before that. So I wanted to talk about Gegege no Kitaro a little bit just to get the listeners informed on what it is. Keep in mind, it is available on Crunchyroll. The newest season is available on Crunchyroll if you want to go see it. We have been watching it, Gretchen yeah, and I. <laughs> like, I've been watching it like crazy. We text each other every Sunday. Have you seen the new episode yet? <laughs> Usually I'm the one who's late to that. Yeah. Uh, but so Kitaro, the general story of Kitaro, the mythos, if you will, is essentially about a young boy named Kitaro who is born in a graveyard. And because he is like the last of the ghost tribe, 
He has special powers that separate him from both humans and yokai. And um, he's also missing his left eye, which sounds gruesome, but don't worry. It's usually covered by hair. And I, you know, I'm pretty sure that his dad hangs out in his eyeball socket (laughs) when they travel. Because, oh, yeah, listeners, if you didn't know, uh, his father is sort of a disembodied eyeball that gives him advice. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, he's pretty good at it. Yeah, he's it's actually disembodied is the wrong word though. He Somehow Kitaro's father was able to survive death by becoming this eyeball with a body, so he's maybe misembodied. Anyway, in addition to Medama Oyaji, Daddy Eyeball as they call him, Kitaro also hangs out with like sort of a a core group of yokai, and those yokai are the Sandwich, Sunakake Baba. She has like sand powers. She throws sand at people, and I don't know hey, the full man. story about her. Sand's uncomfortable. <laughs> you get sand like in crevices, your eyes. Oh, you have to. If you're going to talk about that, you <laughs> have to do the Anakin quote from Episode Two of Star Wars. I don't like sand. It's coarse, rough, and irritating, and it gets everywhere. Sunakake Baba is actually a classic yokai. So uh, Shigeru Mizuki actually took that yokai and made her sort of like a main character in his tales. Uh, in addition to the sandwich, you also have old man crybaby, which <laughs> is Konaka Gigi. <laughs> it's like an old man yokai that can turn himself into stone. And boy, does he love to drink. He's a pig. <laughs> <laughs> he is a pig. <laughs> also, he has origins as well. I should put links in the show notes if I can find all of these characters' oh, origins, yeah. like in the uh, the yokai encyclopedias online and stuff. Another one, cat chick, Neko Musume. She's an aggressive cat girl yokai. And in the original series, you hear Zach talk about this. She looks very different than she does in the current series. <laughs> yeah. uh, then you also have Rolo Cloth. I'm using the names, the sort of common names that they give us in this new series, but... Uh, Rolo cloth is Itan Momen, a strip of haunted cloth, it says online. And I know that he often transports Kitaro and some of his crew around because he can fly. I always thought he was like a sumo loincloth. So I remember you and I talking about that before. I thought he was. And when I looked online, I was surprised that it didn't say exactly. It just says that he's like, so if a piece of laundry flies off of the line and is flying through the air with the wind, somebody would be like, ah! It's a yokai. Anyway, seriously. Not that's, a similar No, <laughs> but on some of the wiki stuff for that character, it said he really doesn't like it when he's used as a loincloth. So apparently he has been downstairs okay. <laughs> at some point in his yokai life. Oh, man. Next up, I want to talk about Wally Wall, which is... Bless him. Nurikabe. Nurikabe is a giant wall also with sort of like original old school yokai origins. Nurikabe in the show basically is a giant, he's sort of like a giant square wall, like a cement wall, if that's what you could sort of describe him as. He also has other powers, like he can turn himself into sludge and then reform himself as a wall somewhere else. Yeah. It's uh, it's interesting. Anyway, uh, What's he represent? Is he like the like feeling of something being behind you? No, running into something. Oh, okay, okay. And actually, the one of the wikis I was looking at said that the original Inuri Kabe is potentially a tanuki who has turned his 
special tanuki balls into <laughs> into a wall. And it's just like the, these nuts. Man, <laughs> these things are all connected, man. All these yokai are connected. And then there's another one, Ratman. Nezumi Otoko. Yeah. And he is just completely, he and Kitaro are friends, but nobody can really figure out why they're friends. He's a half yokai who's obsessed with making money and totally like living beyond his means. He's, he looks like he lives in a dumpster. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he is always getting Kitaro into trouble. So if it's not Ratman getting them into trouble, which is the catalyst for the episode's adventure, then usually it's like a human writing to the yokai to say, I'm having trouble with the yokai who's terrorizing our village. And then they go and help, like, because that's the deal. In this series, in many of the series, Kitaro is a hero. He's not necessarily like a real hero that you would think of, like superhero style, but he has all these special powers that he can battle yokai with. And like I said, in the recent series, Kitaro sort of serves as like a yokai investigator. Yeah, he's... humans write to him and or Ratman, like I said, gets them into trouble. And Kitaro basically comes to save the day. Yeah, sometimes with the help of other yokai. But one of the things that I really love about this new series is that each episode sort of introduces a new yokai. I mean, essentially, that's what we see a lot of times, is, you know, in those breaks, they have the little signpost that comes up and then says the name of the yokai and then flips around. You get to see the classic Shigeru Mizuki art. It's like so good. It's so good. I think like what stands out the most, everybody should see it, the first episode of the first season. It is of like the new season of the new season okay. because it encapsulates the tone of the show in completely in the oh, sense it really that does, yeah. like it like it has like a moral question about like being a YouTuber and it really pokes at the Logan Paul incident. It so does. it shows Japan wasn't like, oh, we're, we're okay with this. No, <laughs> no. It's uh, really, it's got social commentary. It's got yokai. It's got crazy battles. It's actually got really cool music, yeah. in my opinion. <laughs> if somebody has like a CD of the, the music used in this, please let me know because I would like to hear it. Anyway, uh, let's talk about one episode in particular, at least. Because I like a lot of them very much, but there's only been one episode that has driven me insane with, oh, my God, <laughs> everybody's got to see this. And that's the Kappa episode. The, da, 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 da. Yeah. I can't even do the noise. <laughs> no, you shouldn't have to. It shouldn't have. No one should be able to, Gretchen. <laughs> In this episode, Ratman realizes that Kappa love cucumbers so much that they will work as salarymen to get paid in cucumbers. And he basically assembles an entire workforce of Kappa who are turning into this like sort of salarymen versions <laughs> of Kappa. Salarymen for the listeners out there that are not familiar is like the sort of standard Business. Japanese businessman. It's a very, it's a whole thing. Look it up on the internet. Anyway, at one point, one of the Kappa does the math and realizes that they are getting severely ripped off by Ratman. And so instead of just quitting, they decide to declare war on the humans. Actually, <laughs> anybody. And like yes. the thing with Kappa is not only do they love cucumbers, as I mentioned earlier, they also love this thing called the Shirokadama, which is the... It's the butt gem. Your butt gem. It's like your... 
supposed to be like your soul, but basically they it's right up your butt. And so they attack everybody and it's done not scarily. I mean, it's not no. not gory. In no. fact, if you if you had kids watching and you were like uncomfortable with it, which I can imagine someone would be uncomfortable with it. But how would you explain that to your children? It's like, I couldn't even think of how to do it. Anyway, at least it's not like graphic. Yeah. The best part about it is that everybody looks like they're really enjoying it when it it happens. (laughs) But uh, anyway, so that's the episode sort of premise. And then, of course, Kitaro and his crew have to save the day somehow. And it is just... magical and amazing that is the kitaro episode that stands above all the others and i gotta say there are some really amazing ones i mean i'm looking across the room at my yamato no orochi figure up on the top shelf with like the eight head the eight head dragon up there which is from the birth of japan story and also yamato takeru the toho movie back there but that was in one of the episodes and it was just so awesome to see all of these monsters sort of like their tails get a little, you know, twisted and warped because that's, you know, the storytelling aspect of this show. But basically, it's really fun to watch yokai happening. Like, as we talked about before, seeing the Western yokai, a.k.a. witches and vampires yeah, and annoying. werewolves. No, thanks. And uh, there is a little bit of a story arc in this season that does that. But it's there's the like 70 plus episodes of this show. So, yeah, yeah it is in the original stuff, too. Yeah. Which like, I don't understand the obsession with Blackbeard and like why he became that like seed of evil thing. But I I don't I'm not a Kitaro expert. So, yeah, uh, I can only speculate that as you know, as the Japanese are creating Kitaro and these cartoons and the characters, Mizuki especially, mm. you know, the interest level for Japanese yokai is not going to be as great as say, oh, what's this foreign thing? You know oh, what I mean? I so see. it's probably it probably originated with sort of like a little sparkle motion. Like people were like, oh, cool, witch. We've never seen a witch like that before. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know? and that makes sense. Eh, we're like, eh, that's what I see at Halloween every year. But we're like, ooh, your yokai are rad. <laughs> exactly, right? Give me more of that sandwich. <laughs> that sounded bad. Anyway, Shigeru Mizuki is the creator of this. He's not the creator of Kitaro, though. Did you know that? Kitaro is like the the boy born in the graveyard mm-hmm. is actually a classic yokai tale. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so Shigeru Mizuki took that tale and turned it into Kitaro. See, I didn't know that. The tale of Gegege no Kitaro is that there's a boy who is born in a graveyard. He has elements of humanity in him and elements of yokai in him he's, but he is hmm. a yokai like blade and kind of like blade <laughs> except he doesn't hunt yokai oh he, he does help humans bored. though yeah okay and sometimes he has to hurt yokai in order to help humans but it's usually because like the blade. yokai are jerks exactly okay. like right, blade cool. 
I mean, really, there hasn't been a more apt comparison on this podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Gretchen's eyes are like, that's what, I'm here, that's what yeah. I'm here for. So anyway, the uh, the reason I wanted to bring this up is because, A, it's it's classic in the sense of manga, right? Like these have been uh, brought over to the States, thankfully. But this this is the birth of Gegege no Kitaro is in the manga. Then it was turned into a TV show. And it is a cultural phenomenon over there because they are still making Gegege no Kitaro today. Like if you have Crunchyroll, you can actually watch the most recent Gegege no Kitaro series. I Yeah, that I knew. I didn't realize it was so old. Yeah. The first series came out, I want to say in 66. But basically... That's uh, black and white, and then they did some color series. And every, I don't know, 10, 15 years, I feel like there's a Kitaro season that comes out, you know? Well, then there was the one that I kind of liked, the um, the scary one. Yes, Hakaba Kitaro. Yeah. Right? ごめんください。ごめんください。どちら様ですか。今度隣の古寺に引っ越してきたものですが。あ、はい。今開けます。あれ、今確かに。It just it means um graveyard kitaro. And it started in 2008. It was actually in this kind of weird time slot in anime at the time period. They had the, it, was, it was the word animation backwards, like Nemo Mia or something like that. Wow. I, I tried. I tried. <laughs> um, but it was like a, a time slot that things like um, erased or on if people who know those kind of like darker toned, more adult themed anime. They're, they're definitely not for kids. It's that mm-hmm, kind of time mm-hmm. period. So this would come on at this time. And this is the same with the original story is that he was born in a graveyard. There's some differences in that and that there's like it starts off with his parents both being alive. Mm-hmm. Um, they have this illness that only affects members of the ghost clan and it makes them deteriorate into like nothing. Um, his dad is like really oh. big. He's like a giant mummy, like really big. Yeah. And then his mom is like this kind of like slightly like she looks almost like ogreish, but can't really tell i guess she might be like a yure but but again like a ghost clan type thing and she's like they live they moved into a temple next door to uh, like an abandoned temple that was next door to a guy's house and this fella basically ends up becoming like the foster parent to kitaro in this story oh when the when his parents pass away and how his parents pass away it's like his parent comes home um the uh the, the good neighbor smells something bad and he goes over to the temple and discovers both the parents dead on the ground. Uh-huh. And she, he buries them. She's pregnant. It's still, and he buries them. And then Kitoro like climbs out of the grave. Uh, yeah. 
the intro has a hand coming out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so good. And it's like pouring down rain. It's like all the spooky things are in effect, right? And so he's like, oh, no, no. And he, he falls back in terror at seeing the baby Kitaro calling out of the grave. And he slaps him aside. And it cuts to like these Jizo statues, like crying on the same spot where Kitaro's eye is missing. Jizo statues are like little stone yeah, they're bodhisattvas. They're like, there's not any features on them. They're everywhere in Japan. They're usually near temple, uh, not temples, but little shrines. Yeah, they're guardians of like mothers and children mm, mm. and also travelers and things so, like that. So the crying Jizo statue happens. Yes. <laughs> and you see Kitaro has missing his eye and then out of his hair pops his dad. Daddy eyeball. Yep. Good old daddy eyeball. <laughs> and it's great. So also some things I learned about this was like, they brought back the original voice actors from the 60s um, anime to do the voices in this in the 2008 episode. Oh, awesome. So that was kind of some cool stuff. And I was like, wow, that's pretty neat. I didn't really know that at the time when I was watching it. I want to go I just watch it again. I really loved like, the darker tone the, to the story. He was kind of a jerk in these. Yeah. He doesn't really like people very much. Big difference. It's kind like, of his perspective. He likes to mess with people too. Yeah. It's like he's he's very quickly like learning how to like press buttons and stuff. It's yes. like you can tell that Kitaro is like working stuff out and he's definitely not that. Yeah. Let me let me save your family from this yokai. Maybe that's him matured. <laughs> and he's, he's like he's like like perpetually a boy or something. Maybe. He, I think he is perpetually a boy because he's supposed to be like over 300 years old. See, maybe he becomes good by the time we get to like 2018, 2019. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There we go. There we go. His origin story is dark, you guys. Yes. But he brightens up it's later. It's so cool. And like the art of this mm -hmm. is such a cool tone. They do like this brushed black backgrounds and it has... This kind of like very painterly, yeah. Yeah, it has like these like qualities that are kind of reminiscent of like of like yokai museum scripts. Oh uh, yes, yes, yes. It's all very stylized and very. Yeah. It's like layered in a sense. Like it is. You can. It looks like the animation, the sets, the backdrops are, even have like texture to them. Totally. Very, very beautiful show. Unfortunately, it is not streaming anywhere. That's too DVD bad. I think DVD is the only way to get it. Yeah, it's definitely worth checking out, though. And it's not very long. It's only like 11 episodes. Yeah. But that dark tone of the show is very different from what you see on the current Crunchyroll or even totally. the, the other series, even the first series the, from the, the black and white series. But it at least lends to like... Whereas like the Crunchyroll stuff is like super sharp and stylized now, mm -hmm. like this kind of still lent to like they had the roundness and the bulbousness of the other characters, like the way that his original drawings were. Yeah. I wish I could find it and show it to you guys. But yeah, yeah. maybe. DVD. Oh, you know what we should do? What? A watch party. <gasps> yeah. We should have a yokai watch party on our Facebook group. Yeah, you guys. And then I should put one of those episodes in there. That'd be really that cool. We could watch Hakaba Kataro. Uh, okay, so anyway, yes, so the, the dark tone is is really what sets this series apart. It's totally worth watching if you can find it. Gegege no Kitaro is the series that basically even Hakaba Kitaro is about yeah. the same character, but it's just a different take on him, right? right. All the other shows, Gegege no Kitaro, that is specifically. They always gloss the over version. his birth, too. Right. Yeah, totally. Like totally. Casper. Right. Right. You don't know how he died. Because but he's, he's probably still born, but you don't think about yeah. that. Yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. Right. 
So uh, just, this is for the listeners out there that do know about Kitaro's stuff and have been yelling at their uh, podcatchers for the last 10 minutes. Gegege Kitaro was originally <laughs> written in 1960, <laughs> not the late 60s. Okay. And then the very first television series was 1968. Oh, so, okay. Wow. Sorry for the uh, the mishap in communication still, there. I wasn't like... fully prepared for that part. But yeah, it's. I mean, he's been around forever. 50 you know? years. 50 years. In fact, is this there's gotta that be is some, the 50 just, year? I bet that's the 50th anniversary television show that's so on Crunchyroll right, right now. Mm-hmm. All right, so the reason I bring up Kitaro is because uh, Kitaro is classic Japan lore now. It is Japan pop culture, right? Sure, and it's never really officially been brought over here until kind of recently. And it's been it's still not over here. Right. But I mean, it's it's here. Yeah. Technically speaking, the manga yeah. is here. And the re- that's why I'm bringing it up, because right. the manga was translated by Zach Davison, who is we've had Zach on the program before. He wrote the Yure book. He also wrote a cat book that we get, didn't get to talk about uh, the last time we wanted to have him on. And then he also wrote a book very recently called Yokai Stories. And uh, sorry if that felt rushed, but we recorded an interview with him. At Rose City Comic Con earlier this year, and I thought this would be the perfect place to just drop that in. So I'm sitting here, actually I'm standing here at Zach Davison's booth. If you are not familiar with Zach Davison, he was on one of our Yokai episodes a while ago. He wrote both the Yure book, which we talked about with him, and now he has not just Kaibyo, the Supernatural Cats of Japan, but he just finished another Yokai book, Yokai Stories? Yes, yes, Yokai Stories. And Yokai Stories is actually, uh, it's my first fiction book I've ever done. So up until now I've almost, I've done, I've written some, some fiction comics, but I've always done these uh, you know these nonfiction books on ghosts on uh, supernatural cats and I'm currently working on a few others in that vein but yokai stories was was interesting because I was, I was on my Facebook page that I, I maintain a Facebook page called Hyakumonogatari and this artist sent me some art that she had done and it was just tremendous and I thought that it was really interesting and unique and not anything like that any other sort of yokai fan art I'd seen before and it seemed like all of her art had these sort of like stories built into it and I emailed her just I was like hey I really love this would you be interested in trying to do a book together where I basically take your art and I either try to find and translate an old story that I think would fit with it or if I can't find one or you know we'll just write some new ones and she was into it and then I um, pitched the book to my publisher and he also thought that her art was like really something special and was willing to take a chance on me doing some fiction writing instead of nonfiction. and we put the whole thing together and it, it turned out um, it turned out beautiful I'm immensely proud of the new book awesome it's really very different from your last two books and I'm kind of wondering like was there a reason you wanted to skew more towards something I guess less scholarly it's a beautiful book obviously but I'm just kind of curious about that yeah 
Honestly, there is there was a pretty specific reason, and it was that I was once doing an event um, at a at a like a children's learning center. They were having this Japan event, and I was in there, and I was introducing all these kids to yokai, and I realized that, and some of the parents came up and asked me, "It's like, hey, my kids really like this. You know, can you recommend something for them? Is there a book for them? Is there something?" And I was like, "There's not. You know, there's nothing. There's no, there's no, there's nowhere to go after that. It's like, oh, here's all this great stuff, and they're like, what now?" And I was like, I thought that was a real opportunity to create something. And then they could have a what now? They could have like, oh, I like this. I'm interested in it. And um, and put together. like, And that's like yokai stories. I call it my kid's book, although I don't really know how to write for children. But it's, I'm hoping it's the kind of book that would be, you know, interesting to sort of like young adult readers that have, and, and adults as well. Because I think the best young adult literature hits both those targets. But people who, you know, who might know a little bit about the yokai or something like that and just want to take it to a different level, you know, take it to a, uh, you know, interesting story level. Because the yokai also were all originally stories. And there's also something that I felt personally is that a lot of the, when you do research of yokai, like a lot of the great yokai researchers like Toriyama Seiken and Mizugi Shigeru, they added something to the lore. They didn't just copy what had come before. And I thought, you know, I would like to sort of carry on that tradition. I would like to at least a little bit, you know, make my addition to the verse, you know, to the to the song of yokai. Yokai verse? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so out of curiosity, is there one story from the book that you had more of a hand in the creative writing than the other stories? Like one that would might not might not be as historically accurate or, you know, the yokai tale. So Yes, more than one. And actually, I even talk about that in the introduction, that um, some of the stories are very old translations, and some of them are 100% brand new, um, just simply from my mind and nowhere else. And I I challenge the reader to figure out which is which. Uh, I am not going to be the one to tell you, but I'm really curious to see if anyone reads it, will be able to know which ones are... um, which ones are old and which ones are me? I think some of them are pretty obvious, but some of them are less so. Like some of them, I would take an old story that was like a really traditional old story, um, and just a list what I call a liberally adapt it. You know, so update the setting. You know, they're not walking down the streets of ancient Kyoto anymore. They're walking down, you know, maybe a, a modern place. Um, and that was actually something else that we did is that we we set it in sort of we set it in not Japan, which was kind of important to me. And I think that like as I because obviously. Obviously, I'm an American writer, and I'm working with an artist who is um, who is Italian-Swiss, and we thought that it would just be nice to have it, you know, sort of reflect that internationalness. So we call it. It said, um, it said, never wear and never win is what we call it. And we were also inspired a lot by some of Hayao Miyazaki's films. How they're often set in sort of a vague, like Europe of my dreams. You know, they're not set anywhere, um, and we wanted to sort of copy that with our book. So in my head, they are set in Miyazaki's. Um, um, fantasy Europe is kind of you know like that sort of world where it has it's not a certain place and so you'll see a lot of that and like some of the characters you know have a, there's a variety of names and nationalities and things that you'll encounter in the book and I also like tried to thread quite a few surprises in the book that if you're if you're a, a, you'll either see them or you won't I don't know I I'm once again super curious to see how people react to some of the different styles that I use fantastic man so can we talk a little bit about just sort of like the yokai phenom that's happening right now I'm really surprised at how popular yokai are just in general 
ultimately, I think that, do you feel that show, that kid's show, um, Yokai Watch, kind of started the, the, the ball rolling as far as like American pop culture, understanding Yokai, or having any idea about Yokai? Well, you know, I like to think that I, of course, started the ball rolling. <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, obviously, yeah, it has changed so much. Like, I still, it's, it's still, I remember my first time when I was translating Kitaro and having to fight with my editor to keep the word yokai in English. And the way it is now, that's a no-brainer. Like, no one would ever consider, you know. So the world has definitely, like, discovered yokai. And I think Yokai Watch had a big place in that. I mean, so much of it. Like, the Disney film Big Hero the main enemy's name was Yokai. I mean, there's just like, there's really been a really interesting Yokai explosion, and it, I think it's great. I love it. You know, I think, like, even current manga, um, there's this comic called Nuradahyon Rise of the Yokai Clan. It's not called that in Japanese. They actually added the Yokai Clan because now that's a marketing point in English that, hey, this is a Yokai comic. So the world has discovered Yokai, and I think that's fantastic. I mean, you have Mizuki's work in print, you know, people can get the key. Kitado, you can go on to Crunchyroll and watch the new version of the Kitado cartoon. That has never happened before. I don't, I can't think of any, like there's been a few times where they've had licensed English Kitado anime, but that is extremely rare. And now you get a lot of it. Right? Yeah. So last time we chatted about uh, the Yure book, and now we're talking, of course, about the Yokai Stories book. Would you see any, uh, any giant yokai in your new stories book or did you uh, did you keep the umibozu away <laughs> I do. I do have a giant. Um, it's actually one of my favorite stories. I've got an Onyudo story about a, uh, which is this one-eyed giant. Um, and yeah, it's, it is absolutely one of my favorite stories in the book. I don't know if I want to give it away too much, but um, he's basically, a, it's called the woes of the Onyudo because he is a, um, a food deliverer. So basically, if you, you call up and, and, and order food, the Onyudo, because he can't get a job doing anything else because he's a giant, he's a 30-foot tall one-eyed giant and so you know just all about the bummers of being a um a giant in a normal sized world so it's one of my favorite stories actually i do i love the big yokai man i anytime i can bring them in i'm always super happy like even like one of the new kitado books they bring in the um the namazu which is the giant catfish which i always think is actually the origin of the giant yokai right because that's people like like oh where's you know, I always ask, is there precedent for Godzilla? It's like, really, there's just the giant catfish, you know, the, the thing that hid in the bottom of the earth and thrashed around and causes earthquakes. So, but yeah, definitely, I, I like bringing in the big guys when I can. Yeah. Good stuff. I, you know, obviously, that's the kind of thing that's going to really appeal to our listeners. Yeah. Uh, I'm, you know, one of the things we talk about when we talk about the movies is we always say, when we're looking at a movie, we always ask the group, like, would you show this to a kaiju newbie uh-huh. because of the film itself, yeah. right? So if you were talking to a yokai newbie, <laughs> is there any particular yokai tale that you would start with? You'd be like, oh, you got to check out the Rokurokubi, you know, uh-huh. or something like that. Yeah, that's a good question. I think it, a lot of it depends on the person. Like, like some of them are just really visually interesting, right? Like the Casa Obake, the Umbrella Ghost. Everyone can just look at that and get it. There's nothing, there's no complexity there. It's like, that's a good design. And it doesn't even have any story. It really is just a design monster. Um, I think, like, like I actually, I wrote a book on uh, Supernatural Cats on Baki Neko. And that's been a massive entry point for a lot of people because they're like, oh, magic cats. You know, you have me there. I'm, I'm interested. You know, the same way with, like, you guys. 
surprise. It's like, oh, you've got a big monster. Okay, awesome. You know, so where they can make something that's like, oh yeah, I could. That's a yeah super entry point. Oh, I like cats. Oh, a magic cat. Yes, you know. Yeah. So. So while we were here standing at your table, we heard somebody talk about the new Gigaga no Kitaro anime, and you mentioned that you hadn't really seen it. Yeah, I've watched I've watched a couple episodes of it. And speaking of giant anime or giant monsters, the uh, the Onudo appears in that one as well, um, and he's nice and big. Um, so I haven't really seen much of it, just because, to be honest, I don't watch that much anime. I always want to watch more of it, but I, I, I'm usually a little too busy to sit down and really watch it. And I mean, what I've seen of the new Kitaro series, I think it's great. I think it's awesome that it is being put out. I think it's great that people are discovering the character that way. Uh, I have serious issues with the translation that they used for a lot of the things in there, but they didn't hire me, so that's just the way it goes. Um, and also, like, for me, like, Kitaro, like, the real Kitaro is Mizuki's Kitaro, Shigeru Mizuki's, you know? So I like the comics better. I mean, that's what he did with his own hand. You know, that's his own imagination. And so there'll never be anything better than that. Every animation they make, to me, just reads like... Kitaro fanfic, you know, not that that's a bad thing because it, it can be really good fanfic, right? Like the new animation is really good fanfic, but it's never going to be the same as as Mizuki stuff, you know. And yeah, there's some goofy elements in the new series, like like the sexy Neko Musume. I'm just I'm just not a fan of that. I think the Neko Musume, as designed by Mizuki, as a sort of like scrunchy little, you know, ugly girl, is actually better. You know, I don't need a sexy Neko Musume any more than I need a sexy peppermint patty from peanuts you know I mean it's just like when you've got these awesomely designed characters you know go ahead and leave them that way you don't need to it's like oh it's the only female character we gotta hotter up somehow so I, I don't like that part very much all right that's understandable well, you want her to be like the clingy, like, oh, Kitaro. <laughs> well, I want her to be like she is in the manga, which is basically, you know, just like Kitaro. She's short, she's, you know, yeah. squatty, and she's kind of dangerous, you know. I mean, she's, she's really, yeah, <laughs> she's really mean in the comics. You know, she's not sweet or kind at all. She's, she's basically this monster that, um, that Kitaro brings in to keep Nezumi Otoko in line. So that's, that's how I like my Nekamusume. All right, so thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today, man. Uh, it's always a pleasure to have you on these yokai specials that we do. We're here at your table, and you have Kitaro novels, you have the Mizuki Showa era stuff, and you have a whole bunch of Wayward. You just started doing the Devilman translation, too, is that right? Uh, I've actually finished the Devilman translation, so they're still being published, but I've finished those. Um, the new thing I'm working on right now, actually, so I'm, I did my, my Supernatural Cats of Japan, and it was a big hit, so I'm doing other supernatural animal books in the series, and the new one I'm writing right now is on a tanuki, so yes, uh, we had before Magic Cats, and the next one will be Magic Testicles, so everyone, everyone can look forward to uh, an entire book dedicated to giant magic balls. Oh, yeah. so funny, I can imagine like a new listener being like, why is Kyle excited about <laughs> Magic Testicles? Why wouldn't you be? Wouldn't anyway, you, right? anyway yeah. Zach, thank you so much, yeah. man. Thanks as always, yeah. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. 
全ては妖怪反物となって次回「ゲゲゲの鬼太郎妖怪反物」にご期待くださいゲゲゲのキタロ versus Godzilla? No. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. There's just one like artistic panel that、um, he、It's、did good,、yeah. that, that was kind of cool. It was like Gay 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 no Kitaro. From 85. Like, with、um, Godzilla. Yeah. yeah so it's like it's got Godzilla in the background, and then, you know, Kitaro rides around with his yokai friends on this cloth. Right. Okay. And so. Actually, isn't the cloth also a yokai? Yeah. Yes. Oh,、ah, okay. Yeah. So,、uh, so basically, it's those guys in front of Godzilla. Was、like、there a Godzilla live action Gigi Gino? There is a live action Gigi Gino. You know,、Nukitaro. I think I've seen clips from that. I've never seen it at all, but、uh, Gretchen has one of the movies. Oh, there's more than one. There's, there are more than one、there's、movie.、Two. Yeah. Are there、uh, only you two? You, you, don't seem two. Like, you don't seem real thrilled about that. I've not seen、one. the other one, but because、uh, I just can't get my hands on it. Oh, okay. And I have the one, I showed him that, and he was like, oh, this is delightful. It was like the most delightful little film ever. Son of a Bakemono, you are right. Yes.、Aha! You, I am wrong. This was Weebkin. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. <laughs> okay, so the one、uh, that she just brought up, I just want to talk about the Wan Yudo real quick. The Wan Yudo is often a, a bald, bearded man. Is that the flaming ox cart wheel cart? The, yes. The flaming ox yeah. Cart wheel? yeah. So it's like got a flaming ox cart wheel behind him. I don't know why. Um, I love it. It's kind of dark. It's awesome. Yeah, no, the, the other Oh, yeah, the actual she's, story. She's, she's pretty but, dark. But like. I don't know why I love it. It's awesome. Because、so、it's nuts. His Gigigay no Kitaro like, version of him is like, he's, he's like an older guy <laughs> and he's trying to keep himself going. He can do it. He can do it. He just has to、yeah. keep going. Anyway, the、oh, one you do is awesome. It's just like, it's like,、uh, it's like a euphemism for aging for、like, and things. Like, you know. It's like, it's like a Viagra thing or something? Were you. What, um, I'm, Maybe. I'm, I'm, Maybe. I'm, okay. All right. I don't, don't, don't be coy.、Like、we're, we're all friends. We are、like、all they, friends. They put the gem near the, the fire、um, that's supposed to keep him going, and he's like, oh, I feel it now. Hey. <laughs> hey, now. I mean, I'm not here to say one way or another what、yeah. that's a euphemism. I'm、for. sorry. What、right. was the name of that yokai again? Wan Yudo. Wan Yudo. Because I remember how excited I was. Here's my segue. When I saw that in Gantz.0. Oh, okay. I love that movie. I know that not everybody loves that movie because I didn't know what to expect when I, we were going, when I was going into that movie. And then all of a sudden, 
this kind of like weird matrix ghostbuster men in black thing going on. And then all of a sudden these yokai start appearing and I'm like, Ooh, Hey, that's a pretty good way to describe it. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a, I, the, the big boss being the weird Tengu monster and everything. It's fun. I know, like I think you so. Were, what we're talking about is a movie for the listeners who are unfamiliar with. I think it. it's on Netflix. It is on Netflix. Yeah. It's a CGI animated film, and what I don't know is is what I don't know is if Gantz is something from before that. Is that for like a yes. different anime, a different manga? It's from a manga, like okay. an older manga. Yeah. Oh, it was an anime and a video game and a novel, and there are live action films too. Really? Well, there are live action films. So I don't know if yokai are in those, though. I just remember being gory. Well, gory or not, I think the best person to talk about this movie is probably going to be Dave. So, Dave, fill the listeners in on what happens in Gantz. But yeah, like the uh, um, these people are just sort of appear in this room together and they have been uh, um, given the job of fighting this yokai invasion Whoa. that is going on in some town it's some uh it looks like determined it looks, point like it looks Japan, contemporary you know? i like mean it looks yeah Japan, contemporary yeah. but uh but they don't know where you know who they are or where they came from all they know is that they have to defeat these yokai and just as long as if, if anybody is interested in seeing some yokai in film this is the most readily available here in the states modern example of yokai in film that i can think of it's also an interesting yokai in film because it's not like a yokai story no it's it's almost, almost like, like they said who could we put in this movie we need to put some yeah. villains yeah uh, we've done those guys we've done robots let's try <laughs> sure let's yeah, try yeah, yeah these things hmm. yeah. yeah i would be very interested to find out why those guys are hunting yokai from a production standpoint like why did the oh. script writers choose yokai i think it's just an, it's sort of an interesting mashup between modern action films and, you know, this wealth of cultural information, this of this uh, be cultural bestiary that's mm. so deep, you yeah. know, it's that uh, that it, it's endless. You could have a different They're monster. flipping yeah. through the, uh, the oh, book yeah. and hit Y. What's a yokai? Okay. Yeah, no, it's 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 cool. And it was uh, interesting to see, like someone suggested that I see it. Oh, you haven't? I know I did see it. Oh, but okay. I watched it because someone suggested it. Yeah, like specifically for the yoke. I think we should do cast on it. The, we could, but you could do I a mean, whole episode on like it. I said before, like it makes me sad because they're attacking these yokai and like the ones that are evil and causing harm, like the giant bull-looking thing. Yeah, like, yeah, that. Oh, the, clearly you got spider kill legs. That. I think it had spider legs. I think it did. Yeah, it was it was pretty ugly though. But mm. you know that's. That's more of just like a bad guy boss in a video game. Oh, yeah, almost, no, very, you know? very much so. Yeah, it's just I want something that ties that more towards the folklore stuff, I guess. I oh, mean, well, then this it's is definitely, not a good example. I know it's weird. Yeah. That's why I'm saying that Gantz is weird to me. Yeah, I don't even remember in the movie if there was any if there was even a hint as to why why they were why the yokai were doing this. They were just there. I guess I'll have to watch it again now. Yeah, well, I, now I kind of want to, too. But yeah. it's on Netflix. Yeah, I will. So you can, I have you can Netflix, watch it for free. So. Totally, totally, totally. Okay, so in addition to there being books out and being movies out, mm -hmm. uh, I wanted to share something from Mazer Patrol podcast. Recently, Kevin Darendorf, the guy who runs that, did an entire post called Night Parade of 100 Monster Movies. 
Oh. So earlier when I was saying there used to be no yokai stuff out. Right. I was definitely way off. Oh, I just didn't know where I was looking. Kevin is a wonder of a human being to share all this information. But there was a 1994 movie called Kappa. Just straight up Kappa. Yeah. And it's like an E.T. ripoff, apparently. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, I actually remember seeing the poster image for that when I was oh, searching huh. on Yahoo Japan ages and ages ago. What else is on there? I want to I want to see some more. Well, there's Underwater Love from 2011, which is a pornographic musical about. I was going to say that Kappa sounds very romance. different. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of like a. Oh, I could tell you one movie. The movie that we watched called The Seven Mysteries. <sighs> oh. Seven Mysteries is a, a movie I got recently. It's a bootleg movie, but uh, I got it from a samurai dvd website and basically they had a few kaidan kaidan films and one of them is called seven mysteries or i think it might even be called seven wonders of honshu or honju and basically it is the tale of a regional lord who saves the life of a tanuki and the tanuki then that's the uh, raccoon dog guy we we're talking about earlier. yeah okay the tanuki then pledges to watch after the the lord's family and his house mm. And then, unfortunately, the Tanuki goes to a celebration, and it, while he's dancing, the Lord gets murdered. And because the Lord gets murdered, the Tanuki takes it on herself, himself, to avenge that murder. And then oh, that's sure. the, the tale. And th- there's where you get the exact same stuff you see in the yokai films. Like, uh, we were watching it, and I was like, oh, these are the same tropes you see. Yeah. You hear something say, leave it, you know, when you're by a river. I can't tell you how many times I've seen that in a movie before. Mm. And, like, the yokai turning into other things and tricking people into attacking them, but really they disappear, and then the one person attacks their friend is the deal. You know, it's just sort of like... Right. It's filled with that kind of stuff. Very fun movie. Anyway, there's a ton. Like I said, he, I think he put 100 movies in here. I'm not going to count them all, but he has like Princess Mononoke in here, which has yokai elements. So it's not just everything's all about yokai. He has Onmyoji in here. Onmyoji 1 and 2 are movies that came out in like 99 and 2000. I don't know those at all. Yeah, they're less yokai films and more like Shinto mythical fantasy films. They're really good. They're pretty beautiful, like gorgeous. A movie we briefly talked about in uh, the Godzilla Final Wars episode, Aragami by Ryuhei Kitamura. That is technically a movie about a samurai talking with a Tengu, you know? And so these oh. are, I've seen that one, but I, and it's not, it's a yokai film, but it's not, doesn't give me like yokai feels from it. Uh, the Demon of Mount Oe, you know, I watched that one. This was, that's a weird movie from the 60s or 50s. It's like a yokai movie, but it's also much more like a human drama film. Uh, Kuroneko, which is a classic that has been uh, put on DVD and Blu-ray by Criterion. Mm. That one is about a cat ghost. Okay. You know, so there's a ton of movies on here. I well, will post this list. Yokai is such a catch-all phrase. I mean, it's, it's going to apply to all of these supernatural beings. So, you know, you, I, I would think putting together a list of 100 would, by that criteria would be easy it's still pretty supernatural i mean like though like it's pretty interesting like there's i'm looking at this when he gets to the ghost the cat stuff is technically i bet house is on here is yurei though technically well it's a haunted house are yurei yokai though yurei are ghosts so they are yokai yes 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 okay 
There are so, specific, but also like Jigoku, which is the Hell movie, right? Yeah. Japanese Hell movie. That's oh, okay. on here too. So basically, this list is filled with movies. And if you, I'll put a link in the show notes to it. But this is where I found out. Unlike the Edo era origins of most yokai, Kitaro the boy liaison to the supernatural wasn't actually made up until the 1930s. Hmm. However, it was due to Shigeru Mizuki's take on the character that led to a huge boom in popularity uh. of yokai in the 1960s and pretty much codified modern interpretation of these creatures. Oh. Direct, direct reading from Kevin's website there. So he's also got Kitaro films. There are one, two, three, four, five animated films that are spinoff from the 80s TV show. There are one, two live action adaptations from 1985, 1987. In 1996, 97, there are three more uh, animated films. 2007 is where your movie came from. That is just Kitaro. And then the sequel to that is called Kitaro and the Millennium Curse. Hmm. That's the one I can't find. I've been looking for it. Oh, okay. And then uh, in 2008, there was an anime film. So, yeah, there's a ton of Kitaro stuff. I mean, if it's as culturally embedded as you say it is, then that makes total sense. It's just like Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like everybody knows Kitaro. Yeah. And House is definitely on this list. Is it? it Yeah. Yeah, sure it is. Gantz.0. Of course. (laughs) A high tech force fights for their lives against a horde of yokai in Osaka. Is Dark Tales from Japan on there? There you go. Dark Tales from Japan? It is not. That's the one that has a Sitta Baba or. um, Kumo Baba. Really? I'll see, I'll like, see this oh, one now. Kumo Ono. What is it? Spider Witch or something Spider- like that? Oh, okay, okay. Spider Woman. Um, Spider Woman! Then there's like one that's like a, a crevice monster that... Um, I'll show you a crevice monster. <laughs> it's like... Inappropriate! I remember seeing the... Like in the movie, it's this terrifying moment where this guy is basically taped down every aspect of his apartment... Like every edge, every crevice, there was nothing, there's no shadow, and it's still fun. That's why. Oh, and wow. That's like, that's, uh, there's a Lovecraft story about that. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Oh, he's even got Kubo in the two strings, and the U.S. made really? 47 Ronin on this list. Really? Well, yeah, the Question. U.S. Because Have of the... either of you guys seen the 47 Ronin? <sighs> I've never even heard of it. Yes. You watched it? Yes. I have Keanu, Keanu Reeves. Reeves. Oh, that. Oh, yes. no. Yes. It's so. So we've all seen that. No, we. Yeah, I. Or we all know what it is. I wish I, I had eye bleached myself. I had put that out of my head. Until that Tengu yeah. like fighting scene. I just wanted to like scream. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. I, I only want to see that movie see that. one more time. And I want to see a Japanese version of that film. Like, I want to go to Japan and buy the Blu-ray. <laughs> And then oh watch the Japanese version and then return it because <laughs> I have a feeling they recorded. I think I read something that said they recorded the scenes both in Japanese and in English. And I would really much rather see those people speak in Japanese. I, I can imagine like Keanu Reeves speaking in Japanese. I mean, I know that he's like half Japanese. Watashi wa gaijin desu. Anyway, so big list. Also going to link that on the show notes as well. I wanted you to talk about Kuchiona. Hmm. Well, just that. So when we were talking about earlier about how yokai can evolve with the time period, that because it's such an encompassing term, mm-hmm. was kind of how like split mouth woman came into play. 
Like she uh, is based off of an urban legend. I think I think it's around the 1920s or 1930s. There's earlier depictions, but I think those may be art, like people's summations of like, this is what she would have looked like in the Edo period. Mm. Mm. But it's not, it didn't actually show up until modern day. Correct. Okay. She's so a tell, modern yokai. So tell them what Kuchisake Ona is all about. Well, her big phrase is, uh, Watashi kire, which means, Am I pretty? Do you, th- or, do you think I'm pretty? Do you right? think I'm pretty? Which is a scary question no matter who asks. <laughs> well, and she's covered in like a surgical mask usually and or some kind of like covering so you don't see her face. And you have to answer the question like if you say yes. I thought you were screwed either way. Well, yeah, that's sort of the deal. Well, yeah. yeah. Like when you say if you say yes, then she like kills you. And if you say no, she kills you. Yes. I kind think that's of. right. Let's see. Which is a real drag. <laughs> I mean, it's like... If just... the victim answers yes, she pulls off her mask, revealing a red, blood-dripping, grotesque mouth. Then she asks in a grisly voice if they still think she is. <laughs> if the victim answers no or screams in terror, she slashes him from ear to ear those, so that he resembles yeah, see, that's her. A, that's a rough room. That's a rough room. <laughs> well, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of yokai that do that. Like, there's one that's like lives in a toilet and when you use that toilet it asks you if you want to use red paper or blue paper what? and if you answer either or depending on your fate like red he makes your clothes if you answer red he will slash you up until your um, clothes turn the color of red ah. and if you answer blue he strangles you until you're blue that's not fair. So the answer you're to that one you is, do. You're damned if you, you say don't. no That's paper. That's what killed Elvis. Uh, the, there is a second part of that, that Kuchisake Ona. Oh. If the person answers yes the second time, she walks away only to follow her target to his home and slaughter him brutally so, that oh, night. Oh, man. So you, you can distract her, too. Her. Um, can you? You can distract her with candy, from my understanding. Like, one of the legends is that are, in the movie? Um, I don't think so. I, don't I think remember it's, that, yeah. What I'm, was the movie called? Carved. Carved. Right. And there's two of those. So there's a first and a second. Mm. It's interesting because it's another, it's like a yokai film that sort of came out and no one ever really said, hey, look, it's a yokai film. And so I found, I found out about that through just J horror connections. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's it's a straight up horror movie. Yeah. But I was like, I was clicking through Japanese horror movies and saw that. And I was like, that name sounds familiar. And I had to look it up. To mm. find out that she was a yokai. I wonder if she's like, because she's so iconically folklore, like urban legend style, is how she became a yokai. I think that's sort of what I understand. Mm. Yeah. That's in bounds. Yeah. There's a ton of movies out there. There's a ton of stuff you can look up for your own yokai pleasure that will be linked to in the show notes. I don't know if I should have said yokai pleasure there, but uh, hey, why not? People know about Kappas and they know about like Yure and they know about mm. um, like the more common things. But like me, they've at least seen a Tanuki but didn't know what it was called. Right. Like it's ultimately, I just say people like should do some research about them because it's they're it's they're fascinating. And they have like a really long list. So history. much, so much. To sum up, there's too much to know about yokai <laughs> to stick in just one episode. Is that it? Is that Dave just signed? That's how, that's that's me. That's just me. That's that's me summing up right there. I don't know if we're done. I could sum up again later. You can edit this. So what I would like to do is I'd actually like to read a yokai story to the cool. listeners, Ooh. and uh, 
I'm going to do that. And it's going to be more than just me reading it in front of a mic. So turn the lights down, guys. Things are about to get spooky. Are we doing the 100 stories ritual? One famous story from Kyoto tells of a woman who peeked out her window as a Wanyudo passed through town. The demon snarled at her, saying, Instead of looking at me, have a look at your own child. She looked back at her baby, who was screaming on the floor in a pool of blood. Both of its legs had been completely torn from its body. When she looked back at the Wanyudo, the child's legs were in its mouth, being eaten by the mad, grinning monster. <sighs> the what? So the 100 stories ritual is. You got you. You two yeah. got this language. I am like I, I'll be. So 100 stories ritual was uh, a game. It's a it's a game they play at, during that time period when you know when we were we didn't have electricity yeah, and things yeah. like that. The cooling yourself down type of story of the night. You had to you had to tell 100 stories, and it was part of the ritual that if you didn't finish, and you had to blow out a candle per story, if that's okay. how it goes. I would like to just interject something real quick. Sure. A lot of times the Japanese used 100, hyaku. Yeah. It didn't actually mean 100 individual things. Like, it is a number, but it's also just a word to mean lots. Oh. So oh. you didn't have to have 100 stories. Oh, I didn't know that. Because yeah. it would take some time. It's basically, it's a dinner party Kind of game. Kind of, we did oh, it at so my you, birthday. That's so you, cool. So you get a you get a whole bunch of people around, and you each tell a ghost story, but you each have a candle. Oh yeah, that's uh, I mean, that ultimately. And see, so I like that. So once you finish story, you invite me next time you do that. Yeah. Yeah, and so the last person tells their story that the last light of the evening, and then whew, the lights go out. And then you're supposed to cleanse the room with a Buddhist ritual or a Shinto yeah. ritual. <laughs> Probably or, Shinto. And if you yeah. don't, or Bloody Mary you're is welcoming standing behind you. Kind of that same idea yep, is that sure. it's like forgetting to close a, like a Ouija board or playing Bloody Mary or um, ghost. What is it? Demon in the Dark? That kind of thing. I don't know Demon in the Dark. I don't know it either. Hmm. What's Demon in the Dark? Ghost in the play? Graveyard? No. Shoe Fly Shoe? You don't, you don't know Ghost in the Graveyard? I don't know. We don't know what you're talking about. It's like a, like a, kind of like a hide and go seek game, but oh, okay. somebody's the ghost and you pop out. Oh, yeah. okay. I grew up in a very religious family. So <laughs> we were not, a, I'm not so we religious. Did not talk about that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but the idea is that this game, once you're finished playing it, you know, you, you do the cleansing ritual, bringing it back to the movies. This game happens in yoke, in spook, not spook warfare. 100, 100 yokai's. 100 monsters. 100 monsters. Yeah. Ugh. 100 The names yokai's. of these movies. Yeah. It's <laughs> Yokai Haku Managatari, which is 100 ghost stories. Basically, that's the Japanese movie, this one back here. And yeah. so in the movie, they play that game. And at the end of the game, the guy who's telling the stories, he says, now we have to do the cleansing ritual. And the bad guy of the movie goes, no, no, no. We don't need to do the cleansing ritual. I've got my own cleansing ritual. Sends the monk away, and then he just gives his bad guy people money. And that was his cleansing ritual. But then, that's when the yokai come out and attack everybody. Is that, the end? Is that the end? It's not at the end. It basically happens. It's the oh, last okay. quarter of the movie, though. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah. It's the revenge aspect. Is That's when it kicks I'm in. I'm sorry, which yeah. movie was that? Uh, yokai... Monsters, one hundred monsters. monsters. Yeah, <laughs> the first of the three. If you're going in chronological that, that, order, that would be a that would be a great wraparound story for an anthology movie. 
Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Oh, oh yeah. That'd be, that'd be fantastic. I could point you in the direction of some anthologies, like some really good, like, horror, like oh, Japanese horror anthologies. Besides Quite On or... Besides Quite On. Quite yeah. On's, like, okay, yeah, so Quite On's, one. like... That's the one. The best... And then you kind of go down from there. Yeah. But Quite On is also the one, let's be honest, Quite On is the movie that we sort of hold up on high. Oh, for sure. Because it's such a beautiful film. It's way more artsy than it is scary. Oh, I know yeah. Quite On and I know Three Extremes. And those are the only vol- those are the only anthologies I know. Mm. Oh, I, I will. All right. I'll compile you. We'll take list. that one offline. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, I think, listeners. Well. This is the time for us to say goodbye. For us to creep away into the night hmm. and yokai ourselves into stories <laughs> that I'm making up. <laughs> Thanks for listening to us ramble. Yeah, it has been fun. We haven't had a yokai episode in too long. I think we should do some ghost stories. Ooh, we could totally do that. That'd be a cool video. No, that would be way too much no, work. No, anyway. No. <laughs> anyway, yes, thank you so much for listening, guys. And uh, if you found us through iTunes or some other podcast directory, please point your web browser to kaijucast.com for everything that we are about. Every single episode is online, and every single one of those episodes has a myriad of show notes that you can go listen to the episode and click around in. Uh, please check all that stuff out, especially for this episode. Thank you, Gretchen. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. You are welcome. I hope you haven't gotten too scared talking about <laughs> yokai in this episode. Uh, we will see you for the next episode. Jamata.
Suki. Ah, 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 Suki, Suki, Suki.